listening to the Medic Materials Podcast, hosted by Mike Turek, Emily Yates, Kelsey Coons, and Gerard Cuomo. Each month, we discuss EMS news, medical science, and review actual EMS calls, bringing many educational opportunities to the listener. Portions of the calls have been altered to protect the privacy and identity of all involved. Hello and welcome everyone back to the Medic Materials Podcast. Um, it is Padcast. 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 Poor M. Uh, could not join us today for the uh, February 1st episode. Uh, but we have a slew of other people here today. Um, you just said you had a plethora a, of people? A plethora? A p- 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 plethora? Uh, mm. We are uh, here with uh, Gerard as always, Kelsey. and uh, our resident baby paramedic Kelsey is with us. Oh, baby medic! I like that one. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was listening to older episodes, and we were, you know, poking fun at resident, resident, resident EMT, resident EMT intern, and we had lost the resident for a while. So you're back to being a resident baby paramedic. Um, we have. Uh, Let's see, we'll hit his music here. You know, Gerard, you uh, you stopped doing the Maha Butchie's intro. Just let the so you gotta dig deep for that, man. You gotta dig deep. <laughs> but uh, welcome, Butch. How are you? I can hear him. Yeah, he he was muted. How you doing? He was muted and then he wasn't muted and now he's back. I'm back. Um and uh, back in black. Back in black. There you go. The only one that doesn't have a theme song is uh <coughs> Phil. You're with us. Yeah. We're working on it, Phil. We are working hey, how on about, it. Hey, how about the fans pick the Phil Foundation theme song? Oh, there, there we, we go. go. Give me suggestions. I like it. Well, it's gonna be like Baby Shark or some lame ass shit, right? Hey, if it is, if it is, we're we're gonna run with it. Uh, nah, can't do that. I mean, we we totally could. Would we one hundred percent absolutely could? So the, the 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 parameters are it has to be in an instrumental form. Correct. So that way, Lars Ulrich can't sue us. Right. Right got to be a cover by someone you know that doesn't doesn't matter and won't doesn't have the legal authority to go after us <laughs> mm, i wonder if he's gonna sue me just for using his name probably i mean he's good at, he's he's really good at that but uh you know, before we get to kelsey's rig check um we're we're gonna do we're gonna return to the call review and uh this has been something that i've been sitting on for quite a while uh some of you guys Ooh, uh warm then Yep, it is definitely very warm. Uh, some of you guys will know uh, will know what call review we are going to do once we start going through it, uh, but uh, it's been it's been bubbling for I would say like two years on this show, so I am very excited. But the excitement for the call does not outweigh the anticipation and the excitement for the major announcement that I have to make now because I promised everybody 
on February 1st, there would be a major announcement. So, with further ado... thoroughly build the enthusiasm and the anticipation. I'm pretty sure I pissed off most of everyone that follows us on uh, on the socials for posting, oh, hey, yeah. it's like nine days. Hey, it's like seven days. Hey, it's like four days. Uh, but the day has finally come to announce that uh, Medic Materials is now offering a line of CMEs. And... Uh, We've partnered with a company called Thinkific, um, and we have our own page on Thinkific, Medic Materials CME Academy. And uh, if you go there, you could sign up, and uh, you can listen to, right now, the first dozen podcasts. Uh, each podcast will give you an hour of CME credit, depending on the podcast. The subject, the subject you know, might change. Might get cardiology for one, airway for another, EMS ops for another, um, as well as uh, hour-long CMEs uh, that are taught specifically by me. Um, and those topics can vary as well. So uh, we have been working towards this for years. Um, the, the ability has finally, you know, come to fruition um, I cannot be more more excited and proud that we're able to offer this CME um, CME credit. That's now, cool. yeah, um, the uh, the biggest thing and the biggest caveat to it all is uh, first, these are only available to New York State residents as of right now. I wanted to release it so it's able to be used by somebody. Uh, I'm still working on national credit. Uh, but as of right now, any New York State CFR, EMT, AEMT, and or paramedic can log on, make an account, and take these CMEs. And you will instantly, as soon as you finish the course and you pass it, um, you will instantly get your online CME credit. Um, so that's, that's caveat number one. It doesn't mean cool. that, you know, other people say you're from, you know, Illinois or Kentucky or wherever you might be from. Uh, you can use it. I would just check with your, you know, whoever does your recertification process to make sure that it can actually be used in your research. Uh, maybe as like an other or something like that. Um, the other thing is these are paid products. So full disclosure, uh, we are not charging an arm and a leg for these, but it'll be $5 per podcast episode and $10 per hour-long CME lecture. Um, there are bundles available, so, like, you can buy the first season of the podcast for, I think it was, like, $35. Bucks. Um, 
And, uh, and yeah, so we kind of, you know, bundle stuff to be able to give you guys discounts, but, um, this is just another way to be able to support us financially and grow, um, you know, medic materials as a brand and as a company and, you know, get the education out there while also giving back to you guys in, you know, what is really hard to find now is affordable CMEs that are worth your time that, you know, end up being utilized for something like your research. So like I said, it couldn't be done without all the support over the last couple of years. I am so damn excited and proud that we were able to get to this point. Um, so I want to thank each of you guys for, you know, helping grow the podcast and helping just grow medic materials as a, uh, as a brand. Um, so That's really cool. yeah, it's, it is amazingly cool. Uh, so Kelsey, if you are ready, I will lead you into your rig check and, uh, we'll get started. Am I supposed to be hearing music? It's already playing. Okay. I couldn't hear. Um, so guys for this week's, this, um, ring check, we first just want to thank, um, the continued support of the patrons that them, none of these changes probably would have been able to happen or would have been able to be done. You know, we, a lot of us just like to do this out of the kindness of our heart, but having that monetary support really makes it a whole lot easier to further and basically just be able to give you guys more because everything that you guys pay back in Patreon, we give right back to you guys. Um, we are asking that you share, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever streaming platform you listen to. This kind of support directly affects the algorithm and it basically gets other people who don't really know about us to be able to see um, be like, you know, recommended for you type of deal. We have climbed to number 13 in the top 20 EMS podcasts on iHeartRadio. So that is very exciting. And, you know, thank you guys for those who have shared and rated us. We want to shout out our listeners in Uruguay and Alaska today. Sorry, I kind of choked on the word Uruguay. Yeah, seriously. I was, that was weird. Uruguay. <laughs> I like was reading it and it wasn't computing in my head. Well, you were thinking of Paraguay. Mm, there you go. I don't know what I was thinking of. <laughs> Apparently not uh not Uruguay. Um, mm. you never know. But uh but yeah, you so with all of the announcements out of the way, the rig check out of the way, thank you, Kelsey. We will get started with uh with today's call review. So um Hopefully I'm not giving it away too quickly to you guys who might know about this call. Like I said, it's been sitting under the, uh, under the stack of stuff for quite a while, but, uh, this call is going to take place in a urban city system, uh, which is covered in part by a commercial ambulance company. And this company staffs its rigs with the standard configuration of one paid EMT basic and one paid paramagician. Uh, your hospitals in the area, there's one large city hospital with cardiac and trauma uh, services, and that transport time is approximately 10 minutes. You guys are going to be dispatched a priority one or a Delta priority to a private residence for a 90-year-old female with altered mental status and lethargy. Now, okay. I'm going to give you a time of day. It is 1845, which is 645 in the evening. And just hold on to that because it's slightly important for later events. All right. Now, 
The ambulance with the standard configuration calls en route and begins their response. So the first thing that I always ask you guys is, you know, your initial thoughts on dispatch information and, and altered mental status and lethargy a lot of times go hand in hand with each other. So being so broad, we always kind of have to think there's multiple causes. But what gears kind of turn in your mind for AMS and lethargy to start? And we're all looking at you, Gerard. Oh, great. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, uh, could be... Like for me, definitely want to rule out anything diabetic. Um, you know, that would be the biggest thing uh, before we start moving to the neuro and you know the rest of the uh, the fun stuff that we like to have to uh, always investigate. Right, I think glucose is a, is a good starting point. I think the other really good starting point is infection. Ooh. You know, I think going up, oh, they're altered automatically thinking like UTI or, or sepsis is kind of where my brain goes as well. That's, yeah, that's a good one. I was going to say, you always know me with the UTI. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I try not to think about it. <laughs> you, you know, it's, you, you gotta, you gotta make all, you know, all broad choices available, uh, available. Um, do you guys have anything else that you kind of think, or is it more like, you know, glucose and, and infection type roots? Always UTI. Always. It's always a UTI. It's, I mean, you're not wrong. It, you are absolutely not wrong. Um, <laughs> so, so moving forward. Once you, rule out, once you rule out, you know, glucose, UTI, then you start wandering down the other, you know, neuro, cardiac, hypoxia, you know, and then you start down that slope. So, yeah, I think a lot of, I, I think cardiac gets uh overlooked initially in altered mental status a lot i think people go to the neuro and the infection and and all that stuff well before they do the um the cardiac you know um so this crew is going to arrive on scene and uh they're going to grab their first in bag and their cardiac monitor and they're going to head towards the house where they're met by a man who identifies themselves as the patient's son uh, as the son leads the crew through the home, he tells them that uh, his mom has not been acting right for a few days now and has been mostly in the care of home visiting nursing, uh, nurses staff. Uh, this is the first day that he's been in to see her within one week. Uh, when he arrived, he found her in the living room, seated in the reclining chair, completely not with it. He became very concerned and then called for EMS. So the crew arrives at her side and finds this elderly female with her head bent downwards. She does not notice EMS walking into the room and does not acknowledge the crew in any way when they introduce themselves. The EMT performs a sternal rub, which she slightly moans, uh, like, like a very soft moan. So quick initial uh, impression, good, bad, sick, not sick. Where are we going forward? sick i i would 100 percent agree yeah. the sick side yeah definitely not a good presentation off the off the bat um where do you guys want to go next i 
probably some airway management if she's been slumped over. Can't really, you know, did she vomit and aspirate? You know, she more the hypoxic? Is she, could something else be going on? Right, is she even, is she even breathing at this point? Yeah. Does she have a pulse? There's another one. Does she even have a pulse, right? Uh, Do that whole, oh, well, they're kind of unresponsive type of thing. You know, C-A-B instead of A-B-C kind of thing. Um, I like I like where those thoughts are going. I think with her position, airway control is is kind of significant here, right? Lean her back, see what's going on. So the uh, the EMT is the one that actually begins the uh, the physical exam for this patient, and the medic goes to speak with the son and gather a little bit more history. So the uh, the EMT finds that she's alert to the painful stimuli. Uh, they do end up rolling her head back where they could see that the airway is patent, it's clear, it's not obstructed by her tongue, there's no, you know, debris or anything in it. Uh, Breathing is extremely shallow, however, with peripheral pulses that are not found. However, they do check a carotid pulse, which is present and very weak. Skin's intact, it's extremely pale, but it's slightly cyanotic at the mouth and caked in what appears to be dried fecal matter. Now, she's able to answer. I know, right? Yay. Uh, She's unable to answer any questions or follow any commands from the uh, from the EMT. And lung sounds are taken and are clear in all fields bilaterally. So clearly by this presentation, this is a very sick lady. And as the as the medic is gathering this information, if you're this EMT, where are your differentials lying at this point in time with this kind of presentation? I'm thinking more like perfusion is not happening here. Yeah. How long has she been like this would be like my biggest question. Right. Now, the son says that he hasn't been there over the course of the last week. Um, where I'm assuming she was found well a week ago. He says that visiting nursing staff has been in and out of the house. So I couldn't tell you when the last last known well or last seen normal time was for this lady. Could have been this morning. It could have been five days ago. Do we have a way of contacting these visiting nurses? So I'm, I'm assuming probably nobody in this call did. So we don't know how long she's been like this. That's that's the biggest problem. What is the baby paramedic thinking? Um, I guess like my biggest concern at this time is gonna be like if she doesn't have the radial pulses, like I get that having a timeline's pretty good, but also knowing the visiting nurses thing, like you're most likely not gonna get that. So I feel like my biggest thing is probably tackling the fact that like she doesn't have radial pulses. She's probably hypoxic and like just getting started. Yeah. Doing something at this point, I think is better than doing nothing. Right. She's hypoxic. She does. She doesn't seem perfusing. Uh, she needs, she needs something done in the ABCs at this point to try and correct those things. So um, did you want to say something, Butch? I saw you move there. So, 
dried fecal matter around the mouth. Is it fecal matter or is it is it positive? Is it are we positive it's fecal matter or is it blood or is it so the so the fe- sure? so the fecal matter is on her body. It's like on her flanks, on her arms, on her hips. It's like so all it's over everywhere. her body. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's not on her face. So were we finger painting or was it just because are we just in poor condition? You know what I mean? Like, right. So like, where did all this come from? Yeah. I think is a, is a really good, and we'll find out later where it comes from. Um, but yeah, imagine that you see this old lady who's just sitting in a reclining chair. That's more like a bed of fecal matter. Like just this, a bed of this shit. Would give us kind of a good timeline of when the last time anybody has actually checked on her, you know, like, yeah. Kind of a good timeline. Yeah, because so. if she's been sitting there for a while, like she hasn't been cleaned apparently, right? Yeah. Or, you know, they've just been allowing her to sit in the filth for a while, right? So we're moving on. During the time that uh, the EMT is performing that physical exam, the medic is speaking with the kid. And the son tells the paramedic that um, his mom has been sick and declining for a while now. Uh, she's got end-stage Alzheimer's, a, uh, a cardiac arrhythmia that he could not specify what it was, and a history of hypertension. Um, the son did not know any of the medications offhand, except for that his mom takes an aspirin daily and Aricept for the Alzheimer's daily. Um, and then he says there's no drug or food allergies, so wipe that off the plate. So medic goes back to the patient's side, and, uh, you know, EMT kind of tells this paramedic what the heck they've just found. And um, EMT goes and starts getting a blood sugar uh, while the medic connects her to the cardiac monitor and tries to get that initial baseline set of vitals. So... Those initial, you know, vital signs are as follows. Blood pressure via the NIBP, because we're too lazy to do a manual, uh, comes back as the infamous triple dot over triple dot. Uh, hmm, that was fun. Right? <laughs> uh, heart rate via the pulse ox probe is 145 beats per minute. Uh, respiratory rate is in the mid to upper 20s and extremely shallow. Uh, SPO2 is 76% on uh, the room air, and the BG is found to be 210 milligrams per deciliter. The, uh, uh, the medic connects her to the four-lead EKG, and the initial rhythm shows a narrow complex tachycardia with a rate in the 160s. So regular or irregular? It appears regular and narrow. All right. Uh, there are P waves. What was that? Are there P waves? Not that you can discern. Okay, so narrow complex, regular tachycardia, fast enough that you're burying P waves. All right. Um, the uh, the EMT does their good BLS skills. They see the hypoxia and they see this sat, and they place her on twelve liters per minute uh, oxygen via non rebreather mask, and then they're asked to get a manual by the paramagician. So now we have to pause and we have to teleport back to the ambulance company's building. All right. 
remember I said that the initial call was dispatched at 1845, so 645 p.m. Well, the crew that is currently working the call, their shift ends at 1900, so in 15 minutes from then. So the night crew that comes on decides, hey, we're going to be nice people, and we're going to go over and relieve them. Nice. So they begin to move over stealthily to the scene and see if they can relieve the day crew. This night crew consists of another EMT basic and paramedic. So now let's transport back over to the scene. So back at the scene, the EMT's gotten the manual blood pressure, and it comes out, check twice, as 48 over 34. So then they tell their paramedic that, and they say, hey, yep, um, I'm going to go and grab the stair chair to start extricating from this house. So there's a lot of information in all of that. Not so great vital signs, not so great presentation. Um, is there a treatment plan that you guys are starting to lay out for this lady? Yeah. Yeah. Sepsis protocol fluids, that kind of stuff. Okay. So sepsis protocol. All right. Um, Lots of fluids. Is there anything else that you guys are, are looking for? As of right now... Well, they... lots of fluids with consideration. Don't dump 4,000 into this poor person. Oh, her lungs are clear. It's fine. She'll be fine. <laughs> Maybe get on the horn with a doc and while your EMT's grabbing the stair chair, say, like, hey, this is what I got. You know, confirm these pressures multiple times. It's, you know... Lay her down. Alcoholic. Maybe not stair chair her, do the Reeves or even a scoop stretcher. She's in a recliner, recliner all the way back. Because the minute it sits up straight, whatever perfusion she has is probably going to tank. The lack of perfusion is going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I don't think we're at calling the doc just yet, but yeah, no, the restaurant sounds pretty good. Um, Yeah. I got pressers I can deal with if I have to, which I probably would go ahead and, you know, put a bag together just because I've got a funny feeling we're going to be using them anyway. Yeah. But, I, uh, yeah. I kind of agree. I think, you know, she's already in a sitting up position. So I don't know if I would forego the stair chair because she's already upright. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I think I would have had to actually look at her to be like, mm, how how really shitty does she look? Um, but I agree. I don't think we're at the point. Yeah, I don't think we're at the point of like, oh, hey. Um, depending on these guys' protocols, like if they're in an area where, you know, like us, we need two leaders according to protocol before we start pressers. You know, if I know that we're going to end up in, in Presserville, I might call now and be like, hey, Doc, I'm going to start this at 1,000 or I'm going to start it at 1,500. Are you good with that? And they'll probably be like, okay, sure. Um, you know, but, yeah, I'm definitely thinking down the road, I think fluids and stuff are going to be needed for this patient. So the uh, – the crew's able to uh, go ahead and wrap her in the blanket that she's already seated on uh, while in that reclining chair and move her to the stair chair. 
Then they go outside to the awaiting stretcher. By this time, the other crew has also arrived on the scene and told that original day crew, hey, just let's switch stretchers, put her right into our ambulance. You guys go home. All right, so that's what they do. And uh, before the uh, night crew leaves, the original paramedic goes ahead and gives a full report of the story and findings to the, to the night medic and informs them that they didn't really get a chance to start any ALS modalities except for the cardiac monitor, which is reported as still being very fast, narrow complex tachycardia with a rate in the high 160s. Now, I think that's really convenient because this paramedic didn't even bring their ALS bag into the call. So that's a good cover for them that, oh, yeah, I didn't get a chance. I was too busy. No, you fool. You just left it in the truck and couldn't. Um, so, yeah, that's a whole different rabbit hole to go down. Um, so the original day paramedic sits down, offers to start an IV line, and states that they want to be able to get access for, I quote, give adenosine for the tachycardia. No. What? <laughs> what? I'll no, what? absolutely not. So the conversation persists, and the, the night medic goes, what? What? Like, why? Yeah. Where then the day... Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> so then the day paramedic goes, well, look at her rate. We need to slow it down. No. So, She's competing. You'll definitely slow it down. Oh, yeah. It'll slow right down to zero. It's going to be a complete stop. <laughs> That's her only compensatory mechanism now. So and You're just going to wow. throw Hey. So my next question to you guys is what are your opinions? And I think from all of your, you know, statements and or looks, <laughs> I, I'm getting the feeling that you're not okay with this decision. No. no. <laughs> like you, you well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm just going to say, nah. <laughs> nah. Um, yeah, I, I think that this guy earned a uh, a double soundboard entry of Damn! and then you suck, you jackass. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what else he could have probably done that would have had the same effect? Open your mouth like you didn't milk. <laughs> <laughs> I knew right where you were going. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> um but yeah, no, like to be completely honest, you guys, you guys are, are voicing real concerns, right? So like, we're going to talk about adenosine yeah. at the end and stuff like that. But you know, this lady has a compensatory mechanism. She's got a blood pressure in the toilet and now you have a heart rate really high to compensate for her having nothing in the pipes. So now you're going to, I don't care if it's a narrow complex tachycardia or not, you're going to now have a lady, you're going to have a paramedic take that heart rate away for a period of time. She's not going to recover after that. Like, this is a scary, scary option that this was even a thought process in this, right? Yeah. So... We, we go on, and the night medic tells this 
this day paramedic, hey, chill the fuck out. Just get the get the line and leave. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't so, touch anything. In fact, you know what? Don't even get the line. Just just go ahead. We got it. Right. It's all good. You know what? We're, get, we're good. Get out of my ambulance. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your service. Just <laughs> go ahead and leave. Give him the salute as he walks out. Right. Um, <laughs> go back to the fire department. It's fine. See you later. Goodbye. Yeah. Good. So, go ahead. Goodbye. So... While, while the first medic is attempting an IV, the second medic begins to start unwrapping this lady and do their own kind of physical exam. So nothing more is found physically. However, they do notice that she's wearing a, uh, a like adult diaper and that the entire diaper is just overflowing with shit. It's literally oozing out of every inch of this diaper. It's got a. But she was fine five minutes ago. But she was fine five minutes ago, right? Not my patient. <laughs> um, this isn't usually my floor. This isn't right? My floor. Right? Yeah. Um, I just got back from vacation. So. The... I just came on shift. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it it's noted that this this shit has a wicked odor to it. And it is, uh, it is literally black as night. Gee, I wonder what. Uh, she's probably not eating a lot of Mars bars is, is where I would go with this. I mean, I don't think that, you know, yeah, I, I doubt that she's eating a lot of Mars. Agreed. Yeah. Leafy green vegetables. Yeah, yeah. Leafy yeah. She's not, she's not. She's not sucking down the spinach. No, no, absolutely no. not. Um, so at this point, the. Uh, it's funny how we can like make references to this as I'm like, like, like chewing on you know like half of my breakfast right now it's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. shit that looks like spinach oh yeah hell let me take another bite yeah of your spinach <laughs> and then they wonder why we can't reintegrate into normal society oh i know it's so hard to make friends outside of this business right it really is like, i shit you not yesterday <laughs> no pun intended uh freaking oh, what was it yesterday yeah, right me and butcher freaking talking about something and I'm i'm trying to describe a color to him so I'm like, yeah, it's over there by the uh, the orange thing. It's like uh, UTI orange. Oh, literally, yeah. That, just like that. That that as, that is just a whole <laughs> new level of low. As if that's how you would normally describe an orange color. Yep. A dark orange. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, brown, it's like you it's know. like five day yeah. old UTI. Seed of brown. You, you know. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I believe we did reference a uh, uh, GI bleed black. Yeah. We did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I wonder. I bet this black looks a, a lot like that black. I have a sneaking suspicion. It's it's amazing what colors might uh, clue Wait, you in on. I have a high index of suspicion. Oh, I see what you did. To use an industry term. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, smart man over here. Yeah, so... look at that big words and shit. <laughs> So, uh, so this day medic goes ahead and attempts an IV. Hmm. They are ultimately unsuccessful with the 22 gauge that they're attempting to put in this lady's hand. Wait. What? <laughs> I'm, having, I'm having flashbacks, Tarek. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm, what? I'm, I'm going to go, I'm a go now. <laughs> yeah. What? Phil, Phil's <laughs> <going on. laughs> what the fuck 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so not only do we have a lady that has a blood pressure under fifty, with a with a heart rate in the one sixties, but we're also looking at this paramedic's idea of giving adenosine, which is rapid flush through a twenty two. Wow! Spill the water on her. Right. You could spit on her and give her more fluid. Right. Like. Give her a drink. I don't know. Give her the milk. (laughs) Yeah, give her the milk. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, realistically, this is absurd. Why even bother at that point? Yeah. Right. So at this point in time, they tell the second. Yeah. So at this point, the day medic. Tells the, the tells the night medic, yeah, yeah, you get the line so I can give the adenosine, because they're still on this. Which the which the night medic just says, you know what? No, we're not giving no adenosine. This ain't no cardiac patient. And then they they see that this day medic's getting a little you know flustered. So the night medic just goes, hey. You know what, EMT, who's standing right outside the back doors, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Like, we're ready to go. Yeah. Probably for the best. Probably for the best, right? Just diffuse the whole situation and disagreement yeah. and take your patient, right? Yeah. So yeah. The, the day medic steps out, and the night crew goes on with their patient towards the, the city hospital that's 10 minutes away. So vital signs are rechecked. Blood pressure is actually captured with the NIBP cuff this time, and it returns at 51 over 33. So not really a big difference um, from the 48 systolic that it was. Heart rate via the EKG is 169 and regular, still that narrow complex tachycardia. Respiratory rate is still in the upper 20s and shallow. SpO2 has increased from, I believe it was 76, it was in the 70s, to 92% on the 12 liters per minute uh, via the um, non-rebreather. However, her mental status has not changed at all. She's still only responsive to painful stimuli. So the new primary medic on this call uh, does start a uh, IV successful on the uh, on the left arm in the AC with a 16 gauge cath. Um, imagine that. Right. A uh, a thousand ml bag of normal saline's hung, and the infusion is put on a pressure infuser, and the line is opened wide open. So after approximately about 500 mls of fluid, the this paramedic goes and makes the phone call to their medical director. And says like, "Hey, um, I know that our pro- th- these guys' protocols is you need a thousand mLs of fluid before you start any type of pressers. So they're calling it half of that. Five hundreds in. They still have them on a pressure infuser. It's going through a sixteen. It's not going to be very much longer before they get the additional five hundred. So." Uh, orders for the leave of fed prior to the protocol of 1000 mls uh, infused are requested. The doc does end up giving them permission for the norepinephrine drip uh, prior to the area's 1000 ml, uh, you know, fluid minimum. 
Lung it's sounds are yeah, lung sounds are rechecked. They're still perfectly clear in all fields. So medic goes ahead. They mix the levofed into another thousand bag uh, normal saline and begins the infusion at five mics uh, micrograms per minute. So this continues to the hospital, right? Because remember, it's only about a ten minute transport, and because uh, you know we're in the city and everything happens faster in the city. Uh, so the, you know, the drip and the fluid are both continued to the hospital where, uh, the crew unloads her into the ER with a blood pressure of systolic 77 diastolic 51. So 77 over 51. That's a fairly good increase from 48, right? And the heart rate is now decreased from one sixties to one thirty eight. Now you can actually see a sinus tack. Okay, it's not that rapid, super rapid, you know, um, like SVT looking, you know, tachycardia. So cares turned on, you know, cares turned over without incident. And ultimately, she's admitted for what I was told was a very, very, very large lower GI bleed. So shocker, shocker right? There's there's not much to this call, but there's enough to talk about in terms of medication usage as well as shock and identifying shock and stuff like that. So uh, before we get into like the educational kind of points, what are your guys' overall thoughts of the call as a whole? And we're all looking at you, Dred. Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it, it had the potential for going in a completely different direction if that other crew decided, eh, you know what? Late calls are part of the job. You can go fuck yourselves right. and let the other crew take it because I think uh, homeboy would have uh, would have killed her. But yeah, somebody was on her side, and you know they intervened, and I think after that it uh, went about as good as you can you could get. Yeah, and you know I think that's a. I think we overlook that, um, how things can change, how outcomes can change via who's looking at the patient. You know, you have one person looking at it and yeah, I agree 100%. If, if, you know, day paramedic one had done exactly, gotten that line, they would have tried to give the adenosine and then they would have wondered, oh, well, why is her heart stopped? Why am I doing pushy pushy now? You know, it's the same things as, oh, well, you know, she needs a, she needs a tube and her blood pressure is 60 over nothing. But you know what? We're going to RSI her anyway, because the tube is going to save her life. And then they wonder why after the RSI, they, they're dead. It, it, you know, same difference. So, yeah, I think, you know, if this, other night paramedic hadn't shown up and been like, hey, yeah, um, no, we're not doing that. No matter what, like, nope, yeah. not happening. You know, I, I agree. I think she would have been dead and now she's not, you know? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. How about you guys? Well, I know we lost Kelsey. She had to run in the middle of the episode, but uh, but what are you guys thinking? Yeah, I think you have to recognize, you know, what you're looking at, make that diagnosis quick and recognize what you're looking at. So you don't make that, you know, fatal decision. And, uh, 
you know, I've always been, I've always kind of, you know, try to teach my, you know, medics and, you know, Gerard can testify to this. Like sometimes, you know, you look at those protocols saying, oh, this is my Bible. I got to do what I got to do. But sometimes you got to kind of set that aside and go, I need to make these decisions quick and, yeah. you know, fix my patient now. Like this patient needed, you know, fluid resource. She needed this. She needed this. And yeah, like, you know, sometimes you call a doc and be like, doc, I got to do, I got to do a thing. But sometimes it's this patient needs this now and you have to do it or else your patient's going to be dead. So, right. I mean, yeah, like our protocol, you know, our protocols say 2000, you know, two liters of fluid before we can push a presser. But sometimes you got to make that call and be like, I need this now before my patient dies. So, right. I'm not, so, my patient's not going to make it to two liters before. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Phil, what do you think? I mean, at first, when, you know, they first put him on monitor, yes, technically, according to the literature that, you know, with me being fresh out of school, we were taught anything 160 and above, no P waves, automatic SVT. But that being said, you have to look at the whole whole picture, you know. Bingo. Or she's compensating for a shit pressure. You have to, you know, fix the pressure. If nothing changes, you know, say it comes up miraculously to like 130s. And she's still banging away at, you know, 160, 170. Then maybe, you know, keep the adenosine and, like, SVT treatment back of your mind. But, you know, she's she's obviously very much fluid depleted in hypotensive shock. Right. So, it's not, you know, had, had he just went ahead, say he got that 22 in the hand, which still skeeves me. And slam home the six of adenosine. You know, they'd say the night medic's back is turning, you know, setting some stuff up and turns around like, well, now she's asystolic. Whoop de fucking do. I mean, I don't, with the 22 uh, in the hand, I bet that adenosine didn't even make it to her elbow if, if he would have given, like. Probably not, but, <laughs> you know, if we look back at the call I presented, you know, hand IV saved lives, apparently. Uh, apparently. Apparently. Okay. Uh,. So, you know, one of the kind of things that, that I took note of during this was, and, and maybe it's not true, but just something that clicked in my brain was the fact that um, the crew heard this uh, medical history of cardiac dysrhythmia and then kind of said, oh, well, she's got a heart rate in the like 160s. It must be this history and tried to fit it together no matter what else was looking at them plain as day. Now, I don't know if that's what actually happened, but that's the connection that my brain went to in that, like, there was there was almost like a confirmation bias. Like, hey, I've been yeah. told that there's a zebra. I'm looking at a cow, but somehow I'm going to make this into what I see as the zebra. And I think the I, I bring it up because I don't want other people to fall into that same trap. Like like uh, you said, Butch, you have to look at everything that's available to you and not just narrow yourself into this one little box because it's either what you were told to do or or what. I go back and you know, to to I've been listening to a lot of the old episodes of the show. Uh, putting them up on the uh, the CME Academy. And one of them was during your hiatus, Gerard. Um, we did the, um, the COPD smiting call review, 
where the the crew walked into an urgent care and the urgent care literally was like, yep, it's a COPD exacerbation. Run with it. (laughs) But the crew ends up finding out that it's heart failure and rapid AFib. It had nothing to do with COPD at all. But imagine if they if they had gone down that route, you know, then right. everything else is going to get worse. And I think that's that confirmation bias we have to worry about, you know. So that's why I bring it up. Like, it's it's cool to see all this stuff, but make sure you're putting all the pieces together in a timely fashion. My thing is, if somebody says they have, a, you know, a cardiac arrhythmia, you know, I want to look at it like, all right, so what kind of meds are they on? They start telling me they're on like a beta blocker or, you know, a calcium channel blocker. And I look at, I start looking at vital signs saying, well, this vital sign really sucks for the medication they're supposed to be on. And then I'm look, then I think this patient's really, really crappy. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something also to look, you know, to look into is that whole, what can we find out from the meds? You know? Right. It like there's a lot of times where I think they, they like the patient can't tell me their history, but I look at the meds and I have a fairly good idea of directions that I can go. Yeah. Or like you look at the vital signs and the vital signs is oh their their blood pressure is one twenty over eighty, but they're on a they're on the beta blocker and you're like, but they look really shitty. So yeah, this doesn't add up. So then you gotta, you know. Right. You know that the blood pressure's flying, you know? Right. Yeah, agreed. You know, I mean, I didn't figure it out, but this lady's map was in the garbage, you know? Yeah, it was like, it was like in the forties when we started. Yeah. I I was figuring it out. Yeah. You know, so clearly like she's not getting perfused. She has shock like symptoms. Right. And that's, that's the other big thing. I think there was a lot of misidentification of shock like symptoms, right? She and she's in decompensated shock because she lost her blood pressure and her mental status. You know, you like you're compensating initially with a a good blood pressure, a tachycardic heart rate, you know, but then as you start declining, you're going to lose that blood pressure. You're going to keep your heart rate, hopefully for a while until that starts coming down. You know, you lose your mentation. They're pale. They're cyanotic. They don't have peripheral pulses. Their carotid pulses are weak that they do have. Like, there's so many shock-like symptoms here that I don't know how you attribute all of those to an SVT. Like, And, I mean, it's, it's yeah, you, whoever this was, they, they just got, they saw the freaking monitor, and, yeah, all they thought was SVT and didn't, take anything else into account right uh, yeah i mean e- even if you didn't know about the gi bleed let's say you couldn't smell it let's say you didn't see it let's say you know they were they had her burrito wrapped when you got there and you just see all those other signs and symptoms you would treat for some sort of shock right you know septic shock you know which is kind of where i was going until you said something about the bleed and i was like oh well now we've got to, this is, this is volume depletion. This is, right. you know, yeah, we, we really got to freaking move on this. So, yeah, I mean, it, uh, I, I can understand how it happened and why it happened, but like, it's, it's one of those things where 
it was something this obvious it shouldn't have happened like that it that's just yeah there's just no way there's no way that heart rate of 160 was causing all of that other shit well no pun intended but that's it like i i have a hard time looking at it and going how did this how did this crew because you know the Granted, I, I have a lot of trust in my EMTs. If they see something, they should tell me, hey, like, Turek, you're being stupid. What are you doing? Right. You know? But there's two providers there that are taught what shock looks like. You know? Now, granted, only yeah. one provider knows what an SVT is. You know, if all they're, if all they're going off of is what they're taught in school. Like, they, they're not studying outside school. Unless you're an experienced EMT. Well, well right. Right. And I don't. So I mean, if you have an experienced EMT and they see something like that, and dude starts reaching for the adenosine, that's when I would I would hope that that veteran EMT would say, "Hey, uh, stupid, you know, right? Let me rethink that." Bad paramedic, you Um, know, or you know, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) I still need to be so sure. Oh my god, I still need to get him to record so many things for this show. Um... Really? <laughs> could really? You, I, oh my God. Could you imagine <laughs> that whole conversation? Yeah. I'm putting in this 22 to give adenosine for this cardiac, you know, SVT patient. And then really? he just look over and be like, cock his head. Why is really? that? <laughs> Why do you think that is? <laughs> oh my God. I could, oh man, it would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, knowing the differences in shocks, you know, seeing why, you know, they're broken down into different categories of shock, you know, cardiogenic, neurogenic, non-hemorrhagic, hemorrhagic, you know, they're broken down into those differentiations because they're all got different symptoms that make them unique to each other, you know, or themselves, I should say, you know, you don't mm-hmm. see certain things in you know, cardiogenic that you will in neurogenic. You won't see, you know, things in hemorrhagic that you'll see in septic, you know? So they're different for a reason. There's the overall shock-like symptoms, but then each one has their own individual ones that, you know, make them different from each other. And I think knowing those really can help people identify where this call might be going, you know? Um you know, this is, this is a clear, clear case of, you know, a internal hemorrhagic shock that is, you know, fluid depletion. They have nothing in the pipes because it's all in the shit that's caked to them. That's caked to the, to the chair that's caked in their, you know, in their diaper. Who knows how long this has been going on? Like you guys said, how long is they, have they been like this? One day, five days, who knows? You know, so I think there's a lot to take in. I think the overall message is just not to have that confirmation bias and try and fit that, you know, no matter what, that round peg is going into the square hole no matter what, you know. But any final thoughts for you guys? I think I summed it up. I I agree. I 100% agree. So... Uh, with that, I'm going to say uh, thank you guys for uh, the continued support and listening and and just, you know, loving the show. 
Um, I've been seeing more and more people, you know, post stuff and share stuff on, uh, on the social media accounts, which is also equally awesome. Uh, so yeah. take advantage of the opportunity to take CMEs. If you're in New York state, uh, the, uh, the address again is medic materials, CME Academy, uh, dot thinkific, which is T H I N K I F I C.com. So medic materials, CME Academy, Yes, correct. Yeah, I was going to say, and also, I mean, if you're in other states or wherever, you'd check and see if, if uh, you know, you can do, you know, online uh, CMEs with the podcast and stuff like that. And if you can, great, you know, get on it. Yeah, I agreed. You know, there's always a chance. I don't know what is allowed in other states. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, people out of, you know, in New York, we'll go to say Pennsylvania for a special class and they can use that as like their others, you know, their non-core other classes. So you might be able to do the same uh, and still have it count. Uh, so make sure that uh, it's free to sign up to. Uh, you, you just need, you know, an account. It's an email address and a password. And then uh, that will grant you access to all of the, uh, the different courses, which then whichever ones you, uh, you want to actually do. Those ones you purchase, and then you'll get access to those. So, like I said, the first dozen of the podcast episodes are up now. I am adding new stuff daily as I, you know, go through it and get, you know, listen to it and get a quiz made and a survey made and all that stuff. I upload it, and then it'll be live, uh, live that day. So eventually, I will make it so that the brand new episodes are on there as well. Um, and we'll have all 50, I think we're up to 57 or 58 free episodes. Um, I will say that the Patreon episodes will not be going up on the Thinkific site solely because they are for the, for the specialized Patreon. So, um, those ones you still need to become a Patreon subscriber for, uh, if you want access to the third monthly, but you'll get two podcasts per month, uh, via the, uh, CME Academy. So, Till next time, guys, stay safe. Thank you very much for the uh, continued support. Compensated donuts. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like more information on the podcast or to send us a call to review, visit medicmaterials.com forward slash podcast. To learn more information, like us on Facebook at medicmaterials.edu or watch our weekly instructional videos on the Medic Materials YouTube channel.